the city of Providencialis. Here is tonight's Nations Report with Zoya Fessler. New Director of Integrity Commission sworn in. Guyanese Hospital makes history with first laparoscopic kidney transplant. European Union in agreement to donate funding to Ukraine. A look at sports and the weather forecast right here, right now. Listeners, it's the beginning of a brand new month, the second month of the year. It is February 1st, 2024. Thank you all for tuning in to the Nation Station. The Registrar General's office announced the government's intention to introduce a bill into the House of Assembly on Wednesday, the 31st of January, seeking to extend the appointments of persons currently appointed as notary public. Originally set to expire on January 31, 2024, the proposed extension would prolong these appointments until April 30, 2024. Notaries that have not been reappointed by that date will cease to be notaries and will no longer be able to offer notarial services. The primary objective of this extension is to afford existing notaries public adequate time to complete the requisite procedures for reapplication under the new notary public ordinance 2020, ensuring a smooth transition without any inconvenience to members of the public who use notary services. Individuals, whether previously appointed or not, interested in reapplying to become a notary public under the new notary public ordinance of 2020 are encouraged to submit their applications through the Office of the Registrar General adhering to the requirements outlined in Section 4 of the ordinance. Applicants are also asked to visit the Registrar General's office and or their District Commissioner's office in their respective islands to provide contact information and to receive personal letters with information on the requirements and the proposed extension. For any inquiries or for assistance related to the application process, please feel free to reach out to the Registrar General's office at 649-338-4112 or registrar at gov.tc. Now, the Board of the Integrity Commission has appointed Nick Wallen as the new director of the Integrity Commission. Wallen is a highly qualified and experienced investigator and retired senior police officer who spent almost 13 years in the Metropolitan Police Force in the United Kingdom. As a detective chief superintendent in the West Yorkshire Police Force, Wallen was responsible for all the force's investigations into homicide and other major crimes. He is a PIP4 accredited senior investigating officer. Wallen was also active in the world of professional standards where he led and conducted complex inquiries involving corrupt officers and organized criminals seeking to disrupt police activity. In January of 2020, Wallen made a transition from policing into the world of retail where he joined popular franchise Walmart as a senior global investigator, a role which would require him to lead complex investigations either within the business or directed against it. 
His last position was with major online retailer Amazon, where he served as their workplace investigations quality assurance lead. Now, a group of geologists from Smith College in Massachusetts and Hartwick College in New York, USA, conducted reconnaissance field work on the islands for their project entitled Fossilized Ecosystems of the Last Interglacial Time Period from Pleistocene, about 125,000 years old, carbonate rocks on Turks and Caicos Islands. The group visited field sites on West, North and Middle Caicos and stayed on Providenciales. The geologists were issued a scientific research permit by the Department of Environment and Coastal Resources, facilitated by their assistant director of research and development. During their stay, they met with curriculum development officer from the Department of Education, Elisanne Delancey, who organized the site visit for a group of teachers and students from both the Clement Howell High and Louise Garland Thomas High Schools. On January 23rd, the geologists took three teachers and seven students to Northwest Point on Providenciales for a day in the field. During the trip, the group explored sediment on modern beach and dune depositional environments, practiced identifying different types of coral from fragments washed by waves onto the shore, and observed waves breaking on the crest of a living coral reef in the shallow water just a short distance offshore. The students then walked on a fossil coral reef exposed along the rocky point and learned that this reef formed about 125,000 years ago when climate was warmer than today and sea levels were higher. On top of the reef, the student also noticed a rust-colored crust, which is evidence of soil formation from settling of dust carried by wind across the Atlantic Ocean from the Saharan Desert in Africa during the last ice age when sea levels fell because of water being trapped in growing glaciers of the polar ice caps. The students were able to connect their observations to important scientific questions about changing climate and sea levels. They were excited to be out in the field field and had many questions for the visiting geologists who were delighted to share their knowledge and expertise with local teachers and students. This educational and scientific experience was made possible through the dedication and efforts of the Department of Environment and Coastal Resources, the Department of Education, and the geologists from Smith and Hartwick Colleges. The students who participated in this field trip gained valuable insights and knowledge that they will carry with them for years to come. And Grace Bay Club, a landmark of luxury and sophistication in the Turks and Caicos Islands, is proud to announce its distinguished recognition as the Ultimate Jet Vacations, or UJV, Hotel of the Year. This prestigious award conferred by the esteemed Ultimate Jet Vacations signifies a landmark achievement in Grace Bay Resort's continuous pursuit of delivering exceptional hospitality and creating indelible experiences for its guests. A press release from Audrey Gonzalez, the Director of Marketing and Communications at Grace Bay Resorts, stated, quote, As an authority in luxury travel, Ultimate Jet Vacations epitomizes the highest standards of quality, innovation and customer delight in the hospitality sector. This accolade embodies a shared pursuit between Grace Bay Club and UJV, the pursuit of crafting extraordinary journeys and everlasting memories for discerning travelers, end quote. 
Nikki Ledvani, the chief operating officer and principal of Grace Bay Resorts, said, quote, We express our profound gratitude to Ultimate Jet Vacations for this recognition and to our dedicated team, whose continued enthusiasm and passion are the foundation of our accomplishments. Each member of the Grace Bay Resorts family plays an integral role in shaping the exceptional experiences that our guests treasure, making this honor a collective achievement, end quote. Management describes Grace Bay Club as not merely a destination, it's a sanctuary where guests can immerse themselves in the tranquil allure of the Turks and Caicos Islands while enjoying exceptional amenities and services. Grace Bay Resorts is the Caribbean's leading independent luxury resort developer and operator, with an expanding collection of resorts and branded residences in Providenciales, Turks and Caicos Islands. Founded from its flagship property, Grace Bay Club, which opened in 1993 as the first luxury all-oceanfront suite resort in Turks and Caicos, the Grace Bay Resorts portfolio currently comprises of Grace Bay Club, Point Grace, West Bay Club, the Private Villa Collection, Rock House, the island's first resort development on the picturesque north shore of Providenciales, and South Bank, the island's newest residential resort and marina, slated for early 2024 with six distinct neighborhoods, offering one- to five-bedroom waterfront residences designed by award-winning architecture firm Blee Halligan that exude a modern Caribbean aesthetic. That was your local news. Regional is up next. A 79-year-old businessman from the United States has been fined after he pled guilty to gun-related charges in Dominica. The man identified as William Elton Kennedy from Louisiana was fined 7,500 Eastern Caribbean dollars, or approximately 2,800 USD, in court. This incident unfolded following his arrival at Douglas Charles Airport on January 24, 2024, accompanied by his wife and two pilots aboard his private jet. Reports are that upon Kennedy's return to the airport on January 28th, an inspection by the pilot led to the discovery of a 9mm pistol and two magazines loaded with ammunition concealed within the aircraft. This discovery prompted the involvement of ground handlers and subsequently the police who took possession of the firearm and ammunition. Kennedy confessed to bringing the items to Dominica without proper declaration, citing unawareness of the legal requirements for traveling with firearms to the island. Kennedy was arrested and faced a charge of importation of a firearm and importation of ammunition into Dominica without a firearm and ammunition's license. However, those two charges were withdrawn by the prosecution after he pled guilty to his failure to declare the firearm and ammunition to customs. During the court proceedings, Kennedy's attorney highlighted his client's age, lack of prior convictions and cooperation with local authorities as mitigating factors. 
The plea emphasized Kennedy's honesty and immediate admission of guilt, suggesting a non-custodial sentence, hence the fine he was given which he settled promptly. Now, in a historic medical achievement, surgeons at the Georgetown Public Hospital Cooperation, or GPHC, in Guyana executed their first laparoscopic donor, nephrectomy, on January 29th, ushering in a new era of advanced surgical procedures. The groundbreaking surgery was performed on a woman who donated her kidney to a 17-year-old male relative. The recipient had been grappling with chronic kidney failure, a condition attributed to type 1 diabetes. In a statement, the GPHC proudly announced that the transplant had been an unqualified success with the transplanted kidney performing exceptionally well. The hospital said that both the donor and the recipient are currently recuperating and are expected to resume their normal daily lives very soon. The patient no longer requires dialysis. This achievement was made possible through the dedicated collaboration of the transplant and vascular team, seamlessly working in tandem with the general surgery, anesthesia and nursing teams. This multidisciplinary approach ensured a comprehensive and meticulously coordinated effort, ultimately contributing to the resounding success of the surgery. And Antiguan law enforcement authorities said that a Jamaican woman who escaped from the Department of Immigration has been captured. They say that Donna Lee Samantha Salmon was apprehended on Tuesday night. She was one of two Jamaican nationals who had been on the run for the past week, having escaped from the Immigration Department's detention center where they were being housed by breaking a bathroom window. On Tuesday, a magistrate court sentenced the other woman, Tiffany Howell, 30 years old, to seven months in jail for escaping lawful custody. Howell had earlier pled guilty to the charge that carries a maximum one-year jail term. Salmon and Howell were awaiting deportation to their homeland, Jamaica, when they escaped. Salmon is expected to appear in court later this week. That was Regional News. World News is up next. The leaders of the 27 European Union countries sealed a deal early Thursday to provide Ukraine with a new 50 billion euro or 54 billion U.S. dollar support package for its war-ravaged economy, despite weeks of threats from Hungary to veto the move. European Council President Charles Michel announced the agreement that was reached in the first hour of a summit that he was chairing in Brussels. In December, the 26 other leaders agreed the $54 billion package would run from 2024 through 2027. They also agreed to make Ukraine a candidate for EU membership, which the Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban reluctantly accepted. But the financial package was part of a review of the European Union's continuing seven-year budget, which requires unanimous approval. And data from a Japanese auto industry association shows that China overtook Japan as the world's largest vehicle exporter last year. The Japan Automobile Manufacturers Association reported Japan exported 4.42 million vehicles in 2023, this up 16% from a year earlier, while domestic auto sales totaled nearly 4.78 million vehicles. 
According to figures released earlier by the China Association of Automobile Manufacturers, China exported 4.91 million vehicles last year. That was nearly 58 percent more than the year before. Much of the increase was driven by shipments of electric and hybrid vehicles. Japan's car exports totaled 4.2 million in 2022. It had held the role as top exporter since 2017. Overall, auto sales in Japan have been mostly on the decline since 2000. And the Konk Republic Marine Army, a growing nonprofit in the Florida Keys, continues to recruit volunteers to keep the waterways clean. But on a recent trip with high school students from Missouri, in the middle of pulling out nearly 350 pounds of trash from mangroves in Big Pine Key, one student made a startling discovery. One of the students took over to their leader a plastic-wrapped block and said, Hey, what's this? It turned out to be a kilogram of cocaine. The drugs were later taken by U.S. Border Patrol agents who said the brick would be worth approximately $35,000 on the street. Numerous bundles of cocaine have washed ashore in the Florida Keys over the last year and some have been spotted floating in the waters. That was World News Sports is up next. French Interior Minister Gerald Darmanin said Wednesday that some 300,000 spectators will be able to attend the opening ceremony for the Paris Olympics, about half the size of what was originally planned. The giant show on the River Sign on July 26 will mark the first time that an opening ceremony is held outside of a usual stadium setting. It will also involve a massive security operation with tens of thousands of police officers and soldiers deployed. The athletes will be paraded through the heart of the French capital on boats on the River Seine along a 6-kilometer or 3.7-mile route. Both banks of the river will be lined by spectators behind multiple security cordons. Speaking on French TV channel France 2, Darmanin said current plans would allow for 100,000 paying spectators with a waterside view and more than 220,000 people with free tickets on the river's upper embankments. Organizers had originally estimated that around 600,000 spectators could watch the ceremony, but Darmanin did not give a reason for why they have revised those figures. Over to local sports, just one week after the Inter-High Softball Championships in Grand Turk, the top four high school basketball teams will meet for their competition. Since the season's takeoff in November, a tremendous level of competitiveness was shown by the players, resulting in unexpected top four schools making it to the playoffs. In Group A, the H.J. Robinson High School Stallions ranked number one with no losses after playing five games, and the British West Indies Collegiate Spartans followed second with one loss. This loss to British West Indies Collegiate arrived in Grand Turk when they faced the Stallions on their home court in December. The top scorer from H.J. Robinson High School is Onai Lightbourne, who racked up 63 points all season. 
From British West Indies Collegiate, Samuel Harvey dominated for his school in the paint, totaling 81 points, with Aidan Musgrove and David Hall both totaling 53 points each. In Group B, the reigning champions, Clement Howell High School Eagles, had an easy run with no losses, racking up historic final scores with extensive gaps. Following in second is Wesley Methodist Stingrays with one loss who are new to the conversation this year after failing to progress last season. Dee Patunsky garnered the most points for the Stingrays with 109. As for the Eagles, Enrique Dacius is their top scorer with 80 points. Deshaun Lightbourne, who is a Marjorie-based and high school transfer, debuted for his new school as their second top scorer. He totaled 72 points this season. The first semifinal game will tip off at 4 p.m. on Friday, February 2nd at the Gustavus Lightburn Sports Complex. Clement Owl High School will meet British West Indies Collegiate for the first time this season in this game. Following that at 5.30 p.m. semifinal 2, we'll see the Wesley Methodist Stingrays face the undefeated H.J. Robinson High School Stallions also for the first time this season. The outcome of these games will determine who will play in the championship round on Saturday, February 3rd, also at the Gustavus Lightburn Sports Complex. The third place playoffs will tip off at 4 p.m. after the opening ceremony at 3.30 p.m. Ending the night will be the championship game. Tip-off is at 6.30 p.m. That was a look at sports. The weather forecast is up next. Breezy and pleasant skies with clouds and sunshine, highs of 78 degrees with winds from the northwest at 12 miles per hour and a 2% chance of rain. In the evening, mainly clear and breezy skies, lows are at 70 degrees with winds from the north at 10 miles per hour. Recapping the news, new director of Integrity Commission sworn in. Guyanese Hospital makes history with first laparoscopic kidney transplant. European Union in agreement to donate funding to Ukraine. Once again, I want to thank you all for tuning in to the nation station, RTC 89.1 FM. It's been a pleasure to have you join us. If you missed today's presentation or any other, you can always visit our website at www.rtc89fm.com or download the RTC app in the Google Play Store. That wraps up the news for today. Turks and Caicos, enjoy your evening. Join us again tomorrow evening at 6 p.m. for another edition of The Nation's Report.